Listener Production. Why are some penguins thriving and others barely surviving? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. You might already know this, but there are colonies of penguins scattered across the south coast of Australia. Despite the odds, with warming waters and fierce predators, some colonies are doing incredibly well, and their population numbers continue to grow. But many colonies are feeling the stress, some on the brink of collapse. Today, Cosmos Magazine journalist Matthew Aegis on the Penguin Divide and how we can help our feathered friends who are struggling the most. Okay, Matt, truthfully, there is no other way I'd like to start an episode than talking about some penguins. And first, I want to look at a small colony in South Australia. What should we know about these penguins? So this is a colony of little penguins in a place called Granite Island. Granite Island is a popular tourist island about an hour south of Adelaide in South Australia. It's quite small. There's a long causeway, so that's a bridge of about 900 metres that goes out towards it. And when I say little penguins, I don't mean that they are small. They are small. They are the smallest penguins. But little penguins is also the, the name of the species. So some people call them blue penguins or they might call them fairy penguins. Matt, I've got to jump in there. I just have to say, as a good South Australian, I know a lot about Granite Island. So I'm very excited. I feel like we're taking a ride back into my past and we're going to talk about all the little penguins who I hope are still there. Well, There are citizen scientists who are tracking their numbers. These are community volunteers or they're people associated to some of the unis in Adelaide working with ecologists from Flinders University to go and do an annual penguin census. Oh! So they all venture out onto the island to count the number of penguins there and they do this very carefully by walking around the perimeter of the island to check in burrows. And when they look into those, they either find an adult or a chicken site or they find evidence that the burrow is active, that it's in use. And that usually means there's a very fishy smell. Gross. In entrails, there are poo everywhere. What they found on Granite Island recently is that there were 11 active burrows and also a chick sighting. So in total, by estimates, there are 22 birds living on Granite Island. So it's a pretty small population. Matt, 22. I mean, okay, like I'm trying to now go back into the memories of a three-year-old, which isn't going to be very helpful, but I just feel like there used to be more to the point where you could go on tours of Granite Island at night and they would point them out. But Matt, 22. Yes. At the turn of the century, so in 2000, there was over 1,500 of these individual penguins on the island. So your memory has not deceived you. There were many there. And people used to go to Granite Island to go and watch them do their penguin march out of the water onto the island from the beach every night. And it was very cute. And now I feel terrible. What this also did was bring lots of money into the local economy. So tourism operators and tour operators could bring people out to watch these events. But over the last two decades, the numbers have gone down from the thousands to, you know, being able to count it on two hands. Why have we seen such like significant, like really massive declines in the number of these penguins. The main reason 
behind this decline at Granite Island and in other communities of penguins in this vicinity, so of the Flurio Peninsula at the south of Adelaide, appears to be because of the Millennium Drought, which occurred in the Murray Mouth and the Coorong, which is on South Australia's coast nearby this location, part of Nurundjeri country. Now, the mouth and the lower lakes, which encompass this area, are very ecologically important. And good flows from the Murray supply the lower lakes and the mouth with fresh water, which flushes salt water out of the river system and out of the lakes into the ocean and creates the right habitat for freshwater animals. Mm -hmm. In the millennium drought, which took place from 2000 to the end of that decade, the river flows dried up, massively impacted South Australia and its river communities. And at the height of the drought, the lakes reached their lowest level in a thousand years. Jeez. I mean, I knew that it was a low level, but it was a thousand-year record. I didn't know it was that low. Yeah, that's terrifying. Granite Island is about 22 k's west of the mouth, but the flow-on effects from this drought were pretty significant. And Flinders University researchers found that the river's reduced outflow during this drought contributed to the penguin declines. Separate to this, there's been increases in sea surface temperatures, and these events conspire to primarily reduce the number of garfish which typically populate and inhabit the waters around Granite Island. And that is a primary food source for little penguins. There are land predators too, though. Attacks from feral predators have exacerbated the challenges this colony is facing. They've had a rough go, these little penguins on Granite Island. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out that this population on Granite Island isn't the only one in decline. The colony of little penguins in Manly, so the northern suburb of Sydney, is currently listed as endangered under New South Wales' own environmental legislation. And in WA, they have offshore islands, which, funnily enough, one very famous one is called Penguin Island, and populations there are also under threat. But it's not all bad news. Despite all of these colony declines that are being reported and researched, some populations of little penguins across Australia They are in the complete opposite position. They are doing incredibly well. Their numbers are actually not only consistently high, but going up. Okay, Matt, so can we please take a look at the penguin colonies whose populations are doing well? Like those cold hard facts right to the core. Where are you taking us? Take us to this beautiful land of flourishing penguins. Phillip Island in Victoria is another popular tourist destination. It's much larger than Granite Island in South Australia. And as with Granite Island, it's got a bridge for access. The penguins on this island, they live in burrows and they fish at sea as well. So I guess, you know, how people say Melbourne is a bigger version of Adelaide. Phillip Island is, for all intents and purposes, the same as Greater Island, except in one respect. Right now, there are at least 40,000 little penguins on Phillip Island, which is a what? huge number. It's a huge number. So you compare that to the 22 on Granite Island, it's, <laughs> it's chalk and cheese. You can't get more extreme than that. Orders of magnitude bigger. (laughs) It is, it is, it really is. And like Granite Island, you know, in Granite Island's heyday 20 years ago, today you can go out to Phillip Island and go to a night show for tourists. A penguin parade brings visitors to the island literally every night of the year and injects an estimated $500 million into Victoria's economy each year. $500 million is a lot of money, but also I can't get over this $40,000. Why is the Phillip Island population doing so well? Like, can we identify what factors are at play here? We definitely can. For one, they have a plentiful diet. 
This is Southern Ocean waters, heaps of fish in the sea, sardines, anchovies, perfect diet for a little penguin. Also, fairly importantly to all of this is there are no feral predators on Phillip Island. So it's actually a very good place to protect animals. And so Matt, comparing these two penguin colonies on Granite and Phillip Islands, it's surprising to me that there can be sort of such a disparity between populations of the same species, that in one part of the country, a colony is doing really well. And in another part of the country, they were once thriving, but now their numbers have dropped so dramatically. Yeah, I, I can understand why that would be a tough position for anyone to to comprehend because normally we think a species doing fine or it's not. Um, in, in this case, we've got sort of a split between the situation it seems across this country. And I think that that is an important point. It is easy to assume that because one population of a species is doing well, that every single colony or community of that species is fine. It's probably one thing that we haven't mentioned that right now According to international standards, little penguins are considered a species of least concern in Australia. In all likelihood, we're not going to see them listed under Australian legislation as endangered. And clearly having 40,000 of them on Phillip Island is a major contributor to this, broadly speaking, healthy population. Sure. But as we've been discussing, we know that other populations of little penguins around the country really aren't doing too well. Yeah. So this least concern label really doesn't make a lot of sense for them. You know, there's literally 22 of these penguins on Granite Island. I would say that if I was a penguin and I could speak English fluently, I'd be telling people that I am quite concerned. So Yeah, I'd be shouting about it. Mates, we've got an issue. We need some help. It is becoming clear that some of the endangered listings, or in the case of little penguin populations, the fact that they're not listed at all, isn't necessarily going to be a true reflection of their current situation. So just because a species isn't on an endangered list, it doesn't mean it's not under pressure or stress or threat. And unfortunately, sometimes it's a case of waiting for the authorities to do the due diligence to realise that this is the case, do the research, collect the data and make the recommendation to the National Environment Minister to say, okay, we need to actually recognise that this threat exists for this species and we need to consider them as being vulnerable, endangered, critically endangered, etc. That's sort of worrying to me, Matt, that there are potentially species that aren't doing well, but there's no recognition of this because they're not appropriately listed. Are there any calls to change this? So the Act that oversees threatened species listings is the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. This Act oversees, amongst other things, wildlife and biodiversity protections and threatened species listings. The government is currently going through a process of updating the legislation in response to a independent review that was commissioned by the previous government. And so this year we should start to see some reforms introduced, including for things like an independent environmental protection authority. However, independent of this altogether is that there will be some synchronisation between the federal act and various state acts for environmental protection when it comes to these threat listings. So in theory, a species like little penguins, as we've said, is unlikely, you would think, to be listed as vulnerable on the National Act anytime soon, not with huge numbers at Phillip Island. Yeah. But what this change to the listing process will give scope for is for individual states and territories to list a species as threatened in their jurisdiction. And then this might be reflected nationally. So if the South Australian government decided it could list it and then going forward that would be reflected nationally specifically for South Australia but on the Federal Act as well. 
Okay, so Matt, it seems like there are structural changes underway that could potentially recognise the threat to penguin populations, including the penguins on Granite Island. But I imagine in the meantime, there are still programs or efforts to help address the issues they face. Yeah, there are. So for one thing, there are black rat baiting programs. Rats eat penguin chicks. So no, a fox gate has also been recently installed on the causeway to prevent foxes from attacking penguins. And also closing off access to the island at night time has been introduced, especially during popular tourist times of the year. But the takeaway from this story about little penguins is that, unfortunately, there aren't any real answers, especially for this colony at the moment. And I guess for me, it's an interesting case study. It's an interesting question about how we consider species endangerment in Australia. We've only talked about animals, there are plants as well. And you might assume that because penguins are cute, charismatic animals, that they are afforded the same protection as other species. But that's not necessarily always the case. Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Matt's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Darcy Thompson. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Listener.